What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dishes and Dimes podcast. I'm your host, Christian Oblena, and today is another solo episode. Um, I really wanted to talk about, if you can read from the title, I really wanted to talk about this new ESPN Top 74 all-time list for the NBA. Um, a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people have problems with it, as do I, which is why I wanted to really focus on my take on it, my feelings after, you know, looking at the list and evaluating it for myself. Um, obviously, with these type of lists, it's always super hard to rank a top. I mean, let alone being only top 10, but having to be like a top 50, a top 75, top 74 in this case, it's hard. And trying to decipher what is more important in judging a player. Um, but we'll get into that. I want to talk about first um, several updates that we had from last week on May 8th. Um, the commissioner, Adam Silver, held a call with the members of the National Basketball Player Association and addressed several topics, some of them being restarting the season or canceling the season and making that decision by next month. Um, he hopes to have a traditional postseason that includes seven game series in each round, so that's good. Um, if the, you know, if the season does come back, and there are other possibilities and alternatives, but he, Adam Silver, is trying to keep you know everything the same for the playoffs whenever we get them. The idea of these bubble sites, um, being Orlando or Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, we have the MGM Grand, and where you know a Las Vegas Summer League is held. And in Walt Disney's uh, World Resort um, in Orlando has another accommodation and places to play for, um, you know, games that could be held there. And just all these possibilities of no fans in arenas next year, depending on a vaccine, because, um, you know, with the virus this big and it's touched the lives of, well, not... Touch of Lives is such a positive connotation. I don't want to use that for coronavirus, but it's affected so many people in so many different places that, you know, it's not just going to be gone in a couple months. Even when cities start to open back up and maybe we start getting back to normal this year, there's still going to be the slight risk of getting the virus because, again, people are, are asymptomatic. They don't show symptoms. Um, the virus um, may still be spread in uh, you know different ways, and it's a really tough decision to make. And so, nothing's gonna be way back to normal until I don't know when. Who knows when? Hopefully, everything gets settled. Hope hopefully everything gets figured out. You know. Not just in a basketball sense, but just for society in general. You know, we crave to go back to normal life. It's weird that, you know, this situation kind of makes you value the little things and the maybe like the mono, the monotoneness of just normal life, you know, appreciating just everyday little things that 
you kind of do, but don't appreciate. And that's something definitely that this quarantine has um, helped me figure out. But um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, Adam Silver suggested that perspective return to play training camp should be in a minimum of three weeks. I know the Lakers just opened up their facilities today. Today's May 16. Um, even though LA County was just announced last week that they're going to stay in quarantine for the next two months so up until the end of july i believe and you know the lakers got word i mean they got the green light from the government so that's fine but you know just having that um i mean it's good for the nba it's good for the lakers to open up facilities they obviously have a process a certain way of doing it of keeping the players safe keeping everyone safe even the workers at the facilities um and yeah so i mean that's good we all all know that there's still a handful of teams that have already opened facilities last week and you know just hoping everything can be figured out the idea that the season could be canceled next month makes me really antsy because you know what does that mean for so many different things Obviously, getting the season back to where it was, there's certain hurdles that we have to jump over. There's certain things that the league has to figure out, and it's not easy. It's super complicated. So, um, I'll just kind of, I kind of just want to let everything play out before I really get into it. We're kind of all, all, as basketball fans, on the same boat as. Hopefully, you know, the league finds a way to make everything safe and be very practical with it um, and be very smart with it. Because at the end of the day, if you're just if you're just wanting the league to come back just to come back, then you don't see the bigger picture. And yes, I know like all players want to come back and everyone is kind of like itching to get back on the floor. And just every everyone's itching to get back to normal life, and which is why people are literally protesting. Um, we all have to see the bigger picture in terms of keeping everyone safe and making sure that this virus doesn't have any negative, you know, effects on us anymore. And that's all we could hope for. So. Yeah, hopefully Adam Silver and the league kind of figure some things out soon. I mean, they will have to. They obviously said that they want to figure something out by June. So let's hope that happens. Okay, but moving on, it it honestly makes me really sad just talking about coronavirus. Um, not just for basketball, but just for gen- for life in general. Like, it's been such a for lack of a better word, such a buzzkill. Just in everyday life, like always have to be hearing about it every day, always thinking about it in terms of how it affects your family, your loved ones, your friends, your normal life. And yeah, so one problem I've seen in content for quarantine is that it is very clickbaity. It's a very, 
it, it it's like topics that don't really have much thought put into it like but from that side i know like it is hard to put out content for sports when there's no sports going on so that makes sense i get that and but just sometimes it just seems like bleach report or house of highlights or whatever or espn and i mean in this example we're talking about espn are just putting out content for just people to talk about and i mean that is the point right if you're running the largest network for sports in the world like you're gonna have to find some ways to keep people entertained and they put out this top 74 list of the top nba players of all time and so i just wanted to when i read it or when i saw the list i mean they release it in different days right so it was like one day it was 74 to 41 next one was 40 to 11 and the last one was top 10 and so let me read first off how they introduced this list if i could pull it up right here okay LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain? Stephen Curry or Kevin Durant? Old school or new school? These debates rage on endlessly in every corner of NBA fandom and our experts have done their best to answer them. Ranking the greatest players in the league 74... Okay, so that's why. <laughs> I was wondering why... Why was it 74 players? So it, it's the greatest players in league 74 year history. Okay, that makes sense. Um, ESPN's NBA expert panel, which they don't introduce really. I don't think they really introduce them. I think they do. Uh, some of them are Tim Bontemps, Andrew Lopez, Dave Mc, McMenamin. Kevin Pelton, Tim McMahon, McMahon, I don't know, honestly, okay, so it's just like these four or five guys, I don't know if that's the whole panel, maybe that's half the panel, maybe that's just a fraction of the panel, but um, so ESPN's NBA expert panel vote on thousands of head-to-head matchups, taking into consideration both career, total career value and peak performance. So, that's just their criteria. So that was pretty much my main problem with this list. If you haven't seen this list, I really encourage you to look at it and read it and see the type of things that really jump out to you. Um, obviously, I haven't seen all these players in real life, so I can't give my... My taste may not be accurate just because I haven't done enough research to make a list like this. Like, I'm only criticizing... I'm not criticizing the list itself. I'm criticizing the criteria of this list. So, when they talk about head-to-head matchups, they talk about career value and peak performance. My question is, was like, what really constitutes a valuable career? Are we talking about individual accolades are we talking about 
team performances like championships um you know team awards those type of things uh we're talking about you know breaking records getting mvps um things of that nature or are we talking about changing the game you know does this player is this a player of a one on a one of one is he a special type of guy that only came around once in an era or once in in a generation so the idea of like career value is very open ended right are you valuing michael jordan's greatness for his winning are we you know valuing kobe's unrelentless desire to be the best to win are we valuing lebron's longevity his year after year of consistent greatness are we talking about you know magic and larry their style their their rivalry they changed the game in terms of how basketball was seen and how it was played or are we talking about you know just peak performances or you know th- there's a lot of different things or is it just a combination of all of them and in that sense how do you value one over the other what makes an mvp award better than a finals win right so there's a lot of things that kind of go into it and how do you constitute how important michael's three-peat was but then you know how does that relate to how good the Cavs winning in 2016 was or how good um the Spurs were over you know talking about Tim Duncan I guess Tim Duncan Tony Parker how how good those players were over that period of time although they never went back to back they won five championships over like a 16 15 16 year you know time so you know or are we talking about like Vince Carter being the best dunker of all time and what and he's still playing the league and how how does that have value so there's a lot of different things right to talk about um and then the explanation for top 10 was each player in the top 10 has their own cases to be the greatest ever so in their eyes in ESPN's eyes and how they ranked this was that the top 10 guys although they may be ranked 1 through 10 some of them all of them have their own separate case of being the number 1 player or the greatest ever of all time and obviously no one will ever accept 10 players as the greatest ever like there will always be one guy that fans or that that experts will always call you know the best player of all time and right now it's obviously believed to be michael jordan and it is weird and it is kind of ironic that obviously we're talking about this as the last dance is going on and these types of lists are always really hard to judge and they're always so subjective because of people's emotions that are put into this list people that have not seen certain guys play like for instance me 
I was born in 1997. I only know or have seen guys like Kobe, Duncan, LeBron, Steph, KD, Kawhi, um, Steve Nash. So Kevin Garnett, you know, all those guys are like the greatest of my lifetime. I'm probably missing a couple, obviously, but the guys like Magic, Larry, Dominique, Jordan, um, Moses, Kareem, Olajuwon, Robinson, you know, these guys I haven't seen. So if I were to make a list, I need to do extra research. I need to watch film. I need to evaluate these guys individually for what I see from them. And that's why I'm most excited to watch The Last Dance because I can know more about the 90s, more about the Bill, the Bulls. That was, that was weird. More about the Bulls and just more about, you know, how to rank certain guys. And I wasn't going to talk about the list itself or the people on the list, but I was really bothered by the placing of some players. So the first one I had a really big problem with, or probably one of the ones that I had a like the biggest problem with was, um, let me find this here. Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis is ranked 45th on this list. He is above Dominique Wilkins, George Gervin, Reggie Miller, Wes Unseld, James Worthy. He is... Um, worse than Elvin Hayes, Rick Barry, Russell Westbrook. That may be one that I'm kind of off to. Bob Cousy. Um, yeah, so those are the players that he's around right now. The reason why I had a problem with this was because, first off, I think he's too high. And let me give you my reason. Anthony Davis is too high on this list because first off, he's only 27. He has been to the playoffs uh, one, two, three times. Four times? Three times. Three times. And has never won individual award. Um, He's never been a Defensive player of the year, although he may be the defensive player of the year of this year, although we don't know because the season is, you know, being held in the balance of a small string. But um, he's so young and he hasn't really accomplished much in his career other than being a really good talent on a mediocre team like the Pelicans. First year on the Lakers, great success is pretty much one of or the reason the Lakers are very good and he just hasn't seen the floor as much as like if we're putting him right next to Dominique and we're putting Dominique worse than Anthony Davis Dominique who's had a long career we know who he is he's finished second MVP voting a couple years um he was always going head-to-head with Larry Bird in the 80s. You know, that's someone who has earned his place on the list. Although, 
Anthony Davis could end up being way higher at the end of his career. Um, but just having him there right now is really tough and it's really hard to just have him there. Like, I think a lot of recency bias is um, very prevalent in this list because the top 30 has a lot of guys and I'll go through it um, soon because the next player I had a really big problem with was Giannis and Giannis right now might be the worst placing on this list he is at um 20 see here he's at 27 so around 27 let me give you 28 was john stockton so he's around the area of john stockton who is arguably top five point guard of all time Allen Iverson, who's 29. Uh, Steve Nash, who is 30, who is a back-to-back MVP, was in the toughest Western Conference um, pretty much ever. I think the 2000s Western Conference might be the toughest Western Conference ever. Um, back-to-back MVP, was the leader of the seven seconds or less offense. Led the Suns to the multiple... West Conference Finals can never get past. If if Steve Nash played for the East Conference Finals team or didn't have to play Tim Duncan or Kobe Bryant <laughs> every time he went to the playoffs, then he would have won a finals for sure. I would I would believe so. Although I don't like putting theoreticals, um, I think Steve Nash gets hurt by his losses against those guys a lot. And I think that's pretty unfair or also it's a testament to how great he was because he led those teams and he had the chance to beat them every single time so he just fell a little short but Giannis Antetokounmpo at 27 so thinking about all the guys he's above um he's one right behind Dwayne Wade who has three championships one of them is two of them are back to back and one of them was when he was like his like third or fourth year in the league and he pretty sure he won finals MVP he was named finals MVP against with a team with Shaq and to say that Giannis is one step below that is kind of disrespectful to all the other guys he's around because Giannis as talented and as great as he is right now this is his only like second great season you know he led the bucks to the playoffs twice got ousted in the first round and then um i think got ousted in the first round twice he was on the playoffs when the bucks in like 2015 but the bucks were were not that great um you know he just hasn't been in a career hasn't been this is like his only first He's scratching the surface of what his career is. And to put him at 27 is pretty crazy, to be honest. Because he's above AI, Steve Nash, Isaiah Thomas, James Harden, John Havlicek, Jason Kidd, Kevin McHale. Like he's above so many winners and so many people who have 
even James Harden, James Harden has still had a better career than Giannis at this point. And James Harden is like five spots below Giannis. And so that really doesn't make any sense. I don't know if they're talking about his potential of winning in the future. If they brought that into the account. Let me read the description for why he's 27. Quote, you don't have to look further than the name to understand Antetokounmpo at ascent in the NBA at the age of 25. Before Giannis became a household name, he was often called Greek Freak by those he couldn't pronounce his last name. The reigning MVP was on pace to win the award for a second straight season while seemingly getting better by the day, putting up career numbers before the NBA suspended action because of the coronavirus pandemic. His best years seemed to be way ahead of them. So even just reading that, it gave me no context to why he's placed there. It's literally... His best years seem way ahead of him, and that's why we're putting there. And because he's so good right now, that's why we're placing there. There's no merit to placing him with the other guys of what he's accomplished, or it's more so what ESPN thinks he will accomplish. And who knows? What if the season comes back and Giannis doesn't win an MVP, or he doesn't win MVP, he doesn't win the finals? Maybe he just stays in this limbo of just being good enough to get in the playoffs but not making over the hump him being placed at 27 now is very disrespectful to the guys he's around um another player you could also say that for is Kawhi Leonard although being he just won the championship he just had one of the greatest like six game runs in the playoffs um especially starting in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the finals just being a monster um, he's only played, he's played nine seasons, but he's missed like almost two seasons from an injury. Um, he didn't really get his career going until, you know, Duncan retired and he was great. He got injured in 2017 because of Zaza Pachulia. He missed the entire like 2017, 2018 season comes, comes back, kind of misses the whole 20. 20- like half of 2019 wins the championship he's on load management all year and so he may be a player that's an example of just overvaluing a championship and this is the point where i'm talking about career value how valuable is Kawhi Leonard's career compared to all these other guys he's next to david robinson he's behind charles barkley Elgin Baylor, Scotty Pippen. And so I think Kawhi Leonard is, talent-wise, he's around this area for sure. It's just what he's accomplished in his career, I don't think he's this high. And that's why it brings me to Steph Curry. Steph Curry, who I love, who is great, who, who I think is very underrated, but... To be placed at 13 right now, right behind Akeem Olajuwon and Oscar Robinson. He's above KD, who I think KD is should be above him in the all-time list right now as we speak. He is above Julius Irving. He is above Jerry West. He's also above Karl Malone, Dirk. Um, 
being 13 is very high at his point in his career. He has three wing three <laughs> three wings. Three rings, two MVPs, one of them being unanimous. Has one of the greatest offensive seasons ever. Efficiency wise, he's amazing. Changed the game. But I think what he's accomplished in his career can only constitute as being a top 25 player. And call me crazy. Um, I'm usually biased towards the players I like. Or players that I think are good. But I, as big as a Steph Curry fan I am, I'm not placing him 13. I'm not even placing him in the top 20 maybe. At the end of his career, he could be top 15. Hell, he could be top 10 in his career when it's all said and done. If he wins a chip and a finals MVP, I think he's top 15 for sure. Top 12 maybe. Um, But I think he just has to achieve more in his career. And same with KD. KD has a chance to be top 10 actually in his career. If he wins more. Um... But to place him that high right now is just really tough. And so that was the main reason why I was kind of disturbed by this list. I I am planning to make a type of list like this. Maybe a top 50 would be better. I don't know about top 75. 75 seems like a lot of guys. Um, but a top 50 seems more like it. Um, but just to talk about like my ideas to make in a better list or maybe my criteria that I would add to my own list. Um, this is how I would kind of judge it. So I would get a top 10 list from each era. Starting from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Well, I guess now 2020s, but although we're only in 2020. So um, I'll get a top 10 list of each era, right? So 90s, right? Jordan, Barkley, Olajuwon, uh, Robinson, Shaq. Um, well, Shaq could be also 2000. So I think, but you, you, you get the point, right? 2000s, Kobe, Duncan, Garnett, um, Nash, Pierce, uh, maybe T-Mac, maybe if his career was longer. Um, 2010s, you got LeBron, Steph, KD, Kawhi, Harden. Um, you know, 80s, you got Ma- Magic, Larry, Dominique. So you get a top 10 list from each era. You shorten it. I think so that would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven. So that's 70 guys. Maybe you could add a bit more to make it 75. But there you go. That's your top 75. You now rank them with certain values, right? Accolades. So individual accolades, MVPs, scoring titles, all-stars, all-NBA selections. You get their team accomplishments, whether they want to chip. Or not, you get their stats, their consistencies. You know, how often was this player 
very good. For LeBron James, he's pretty much first team All-NBA every single year. Literally almost every single year. Um, but for Michael Jordan, you know, he had those six years of greatness. He's had, I mean, he's had a lot of years of greatness. He's had years of losing, though. He could never beat the Larry Bird Celtics. He couldn't get past the Pistons those years. He retired from basketball, (laughs) comes back, wins three, retires again, comes back, plays for the Wizards, having, being on a mediocre team, ends his career. Um, And then after all the accolades, all the team accomplishments, after all the stats, consistencies, the peaks, evaluating, um... Those things, you have the extras, right? Impact to the game. Guys like Steph, Jordan, LeBron, Vince Carter, Magic, Bill Russell. Um, and also you have like your debates about eras and hindrances of those areas, right? Like hand checking, um, statistics, the, the overuse of the three-point line the the no three-point line the the crowded and spacings of the 2000s and 90s and the running gun of the 20 the end of the 2010s and the inflation of of scoring and you got the new shot clock rule now so there's more possessions more chance for buckets more chance for stat padding um you know so there's so many different things to judge a player on so many things that need to take an effect. And so how do you, my question is, or the hardest part for me in making this list would be how much do you value an era and the time that a player played in? How does that, how do you compare that with a player of another era, right? So we always talk about the greatest teams ever, 96 Bulls, um, it's easier to compare them to the 01 Lakers because it's there's like five years apart. Basketball was still kind of the same. How do you compare the 96 Bulls and the 2017 Warriors? How do you compare the 2014 Spurs and the 80s, the 86 Celtics? Or even the 64 Celtics, right? How does Bill Russell's 11 rings how does that compare to LeBron's 3 um and that is the biggest thing that people have to know in making a list like this how do you value a certain point of a career how do you value a certain achievement when it comes to different eras. And that is a question I still hope to answer. And hopefully if you take a look at this list and listen to this whole pod, hopefully I kind of change or kind of helped you learn something about how hard lists like this are and how we can't just rank players just based on 
open-ended criteria like value and peak performance. Peak performance is a less open-ended criteria, but you know, players can have different peaks at different times. Jordan retired and came back and peaked again. <laughs> and he three-peated. LeBron, who peaked in Miami, again, peaked in 2016. Even 2018, when he added more to his game and almost won, literally won a finals game by himself, a la Allen Iverson. Um, so that's the thing I kind of leave you with. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope to be making this. I think I really want to make a list like this after a season. Making this in the middle of a season, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a documentary, literally, literally, literally about one of the best players of all time and his team. Like, how does that not inflate guys like Pippen and Rodman or Jordan, for example? You know, if this list was made after a season, after everything settled down during the off season where you only have the past 74, 75 years of the NBA to go from, then that's great. If I'm sitting here right now in the middle of a pandemic and a middle of so many debates, so many topics, so many things, obviously my choices are going to be different and my criteria in ranking these guys are going to be so much different. So yeah, it really doesn't have to be that complicated, but in my eyes, I think it has this, this situation is complicated. These lists are supposed to be complicated. I don't think I don't think it's just a matter of head-to-head matchups. Who's better? Reggie Miller or Ray Allen? Who's better? Dave Robinson or Akeem Olajuwon? Like matchups, you have to take everything into account when making lists. So that's what I kind of leave you with. Um Hopefully, some of you have the same kind of ideas as me, and that would be cool. Um, I plan to start actually a new series. Uh, it's going to be called Overrated, Underrated, or Properly Rated. It's probably overdone in a lot of basketball or sports uh, podcasts, but I think it's really cool. The first episode, I think, will be Kevin Garnett, um, someone that I do not know enough about. Always know he's been great. I want to know more about his career because I think he's been overshadowed by Duncan and other guys and Shaq and Kobe in those 2000s era. era. Um, his career with the Celtics was always interesting because I never liked those the, the Boston Celtics when he came. Um, I knew he was already super good and he kind of fizzled out at the end of his career, but obviously he was really old. But I really want to know more about him. I want to properly rate um, him, or I could go a different route. Um, I was thinking about Vince Carter. Um, but that's a new series for sure for this quarantine. Um, it'll be really fun for me to just learn more about different players and to see what the buzz about, you know, certain types of guys and their arrows and this particular time. So looking forward to doing that. Um, that episode will be probably be out in the next week or so. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope everyone's doing safe. Um, hopefully, Adam Silver can resume the season next month. 
I mean, make a decision next month. Really don't want to see this season go, you know, just end. Um, that'd be really tough. And hopefully everyone is doing well. Um, yeah, so checking out for the Dishes and Dimes podcast has been another episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.